Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And January, just, we're down to the la- down to the wire. We get the coldest month out of the way. February generally will start to warm up. I, we'll still get some weather. There'll still be some frost and snow, and but it's not that bitter kind of chew you right down to your bones kind of stuff, kind of cold. You just want to be outside more and more and more. I know the gardeners are just, they're dying to go. They just really want to get going out there. Well, as soon as that ground thaws, you can start planting, especially trees, that kind of thing. So uh, you can start getting your soils ready. The second that ice has melted, that top layer of, or frost line is what they call it, the top layer of soil freezes. And so it's hard to pick through. Underneath that, underneath that ice, it's, it's soft, like you'd expect a garden to be. But that top layer, as soon as that thaws, you can start amending, getting your fertilizers ready. Uh, already we're having fruit trees delivered. Uh, the, the things are starting. They're slow at the garden center, but we're starting to get deliveries. We had some shade trees show up. I have some, big, uh, uh, some bigger plant material, some huge plums. I mean, instantaneous plum trees, like fruiting plums. I've never seen trees so spectacular. And they are loaded with flower buds. It's kind of exciting. It's what we live for. It's what spring's all about. So I think next week, not this week, but the fall, I think the fourth, something like that. Um, I don't know exactly when. My my buyers have all that, but we've got our first very large uh, delivery of uh, the the spring blooming trees. This is red buds and crab apples and uh, purple leaf plums. All the shade trees like maples and aspens, sycamores, they, they all start to show up. Fruit trees start to show up in mass. Uh, that's a good time to buy them because they're dormant. And, and you've got a, you get prime time selection. I mean, you've the truck just unloaded, you get to pick. Out of, a, out of a, an entire crop, there's 10% that are just, whoa, I've never seen anything that beautiful. Now, we're going to the farms. We hand-pick our trees, our, our especially evergreens. We're looking at the trunks of our, our bigger shade trees. We don't want anything dog-legged. We want everything to be cloned. That is, they are, they, we'll take a cutting from, the, from a perfect specimen. We'll graft that onto a, a main rootstock so it's hardier for our clay soil. And so we get an exact replica that's hardier uh, uh, that's hardier for our area, but an exact copy of that that perfect plant you'd find growing at some farm. So so out of that whole crop, save a hundred aspens show up. Ten of those are going to be oh my goodness! I just can't believe those are glorious. Eighty um, percent is just going to be just pretty. As you, you're what you'd expect. Just going oh yeah, I was expecting that. I'll take three. It's that. And then 10% gone, they, 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 the bark got scarred and shipping. It's just not, it's got a branch that, that sort of broke. And so it's not perfect. Uh, so, and if you're going to lower it, let's say contractor grade, some of them get really ugly. That's one where if you're having a landscaper 
landscape, put your landscape in for you. Have them do that brutal hard work. Trenching, digging, putting the irrigation, slinging rock, patios, putting fences up, decks. Get all that hard, hardscape, the, the difficult stuff, the backbreaking stuff done. They do it really well. Have them put the, the bulk of the, let's see, a hedgerow up. You know, I need 15 plants down, down the, the, the property line. Have them do that work for you. Uh, but the, the trees, you really want to hand pick your trees because if you get an ugly plant out there, it's only going to get uglier, larger ugliness as it grows. It never gets more beautiful. Once, once a plant is ugly, it's all, always. So if you get a beautiful specimen, okay, they can have a broken branch and they'll come back just as beautiful. They'll, they'll grow out another beautiful, but if they have this weepy, bent, you know, always whining about being in the, I just hate growing. Oh my gosh. Some plants talk to you like that. They're just, I don't know why they grow. They should just die. Blow over in the wind, have the snow, snap your top off, do something. But don't, don't sit there looking at me and whine at, at me. I want beautiful things out there going, look at me. Don't you just pull up a chair. Enjoy my shade. I love talking to you. I'm just so happy growing here. Some plants are very uplifting, cheerful plants, especially your early spring blooming kind of plants. You want a nice shaped plant. You don't want it to be kind of off, off kiltered. You don't want it to have a bend in the in, you want the trunk to be nice and straight. You want it to be full. That means that as it was growing, it was nurtured and cared for. And so 8, 10, 15 years later, when it finally shows up at the garden center, you're going, whoa, that, gar that farmer knew what they were doing. And look how pretty that plant is going. And so once you put that in your yard, it just gets more beautiful. And so just hand make sure I see too many landscapers no offense if the landscapers are tuned in sorry you know who you are you go to the you go to the shop you go i need i need 15 shrubs four trees and two boulders so that's what's in the bid and well which ones do you want i don't care i just need 15 shrubs four trees and two boulders just throw them in the back of the truck i gotta get go 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 and they don't you, you as the homeowner you gotta live with that for the length of your stay at that house hand pick them make sure you're happy that's another one too. If you are out, let's say you're up in the mountains where you've got, you, you bought the lot built around the trees. Um, if you've got some native plants in your yard, really care for those. Pamper them because they're hundreds of years old. Typically, if they got a trunk on them at all, they're decades and decades and they cannot be replaced. And then you came in and cut some roots, you compacted the soil and it's hard on plants to have your house there all of a sudden. Just having the driveway there and, and taking the natural rain harvest, the rain patterns, the way the water flows through your property has all been changed. And so the plant has to adapt or change to that. And so it's very stressful the first two, three years for a brand new lot that has that's built with some larger, let's say, pinion pines, ponderosa. I've got some beautiful I and mean, just stunning specimens of junipers. Uh, Cliff Rose, Manzanitas, these things will get stressed out. Care for them. A little food. A we have a product called Humec. It's a, it's a humic acid. It's, it just helps things re kind of reroute, 
get past their stress, it's really helpful for them. And so just kind of watch after those. So a, a gardener's touch on a plant that actually wants to live, it's a game changer. It really goes. And then I would say the snow, I know we've had a lot of moisture. It's where I think we're at 190% of normal, whatever, how they measure that and over what decades, I don't know, but it's been wet. It's been moist. It's been good. The, uh, I think you're going to have a blockbuster spring. So when you have moisture like this, you have better leaf growth. You've got better flowers on your fruit trees. You get better uh, um, lilac buds on your, on your shrubs. It just is better. The wildflowers are going to be stunning, just stellar because it's been moist. And so those plants already, I'm starting to see a little green growth starting to show up, uh, let's say under my mums. And so they're, they're wanting to go. So they're waiting. The temperature, the, the, the grounds have, have, have thawed. And they're just waiting for it to warm up. They just need a little bit more warmth and they will start to elongate and start to go into their bloom cycle. Daffodils will start to elongate. If that happens, don't worry about them. Don't, oh, they're, they're starting to grow. I, I must protect them. No, the, a lot of these early, early spring um, plants have a lot of antifreeze in them. So they don't freeze. So your, your daffodils will get up you know, ankle high or more. They're not in bloom yet, but they got all this green growth. They don't freeze if we go down to the 20s again. They've got antifreeze in them that prevents them from, from freezing. They're used to blooming early. The birds, the butterflies, the bees, they're used, they need them to bloom early. And they know it. That's what helps them pollinate. Anyway, we've got a lot in store for you this show, a lot of good details. Have Lisa Watersling coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Not everyone can grow wildflowers, but we'll make sure you're not one of them. At Waters, we know which wildflowers sprout, thrive, and bloom with success. We're wild about wildflowers with many of our own Arizona blends. Like our Arizona native mix, butterfly and hummingbird mixes, and all are big, bold, and beautiful. At Waters, we know wildflowers, and winter's a season to spread new seed. Waters Garden Center, where people who love their flowers wild, they love to shop for seed. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our McMinn Manzanita. Part of Waters' expanding native selection, this is the big, bold manzanita you find growing throughout Arizona. A local evergreen growing wild with the classic red bark for a styling, drought-hardy landscape. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love lots of native plants, they love to shop. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. What are people talking about in the gardens? And, and people, the gardeners are still out. They're still talking. So it's interesting how many. So there's not a lot of customers coming to the garden center, but they're, they're hardcore and they're steady. Have you noticed mm-hmm. that? So and they're very yeah. enthralled, very uh, engaged. Oh, so. definitely. Yeah, like coming in, checking out seeds, seeing what plants you have. Lots of house plants. Lots of house plants. Lots of seed. You can tell a gardener they got to nurture something. Yeah, and then <laughs> frequently we'll see them back 
like the next day. So, you know, I was thinking about the other one. And I took this one home and I get, I, in fact, one gal, she came in, she goes, have you, have you named it already? She was here like for an hour and a half picking just right one. She, oh yeah, I named it. It's Henry taking it home. I got the perfect spot for Henry. No, oh, well, they're very good. Just chit-chatting. Mm-hmm. She's back in today. Get another one. Cause you know, she was thinking about with that space where it was going to go. So it's kind of gardeners are so interesting, fun. Good people. They're good people down there. And typically dog and cat people. That's true. Horse people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not everyone. We've got one bird person. They bring their <laughs> birds in. Yeah, it's kind of super fun. We love it. And, yeah. You know, they might buy us something every once in a while, but basically it's an outing for them and their animals. Sure. So we'd love to see dogs here. So oh, yeah. keep on a leash. Have some, have some decorum, but we love seeing the animals here. So it's kind of fun for them. We've never seen a horse here at the garden center. Mm-hmm. I'm not, that's kind of awkward. How do you bring a man? <laughs> <in>? <laughs> it could happen. Although you were raised right here by the garden center and you've always had horses. Mm-hmm. And so you used to ride your horse mm-hmm. across Basically, Iron Springs Road. Across Iron Springs Road, heading up where Forest Trails is now. Yep. We used to horseback ride back in there. Yep, that's amazing. You just don't, now it's all built up. Oh, yeah. And we so you don't that. do that like you used yeah. to. Are there even trails, paths to get through anymore of the properties? I, I mean, there's no know. easements. I think it just maybe cut off. Yeah, it's sure. sad. We're all grown up now. <laughs> what are people talking about? Well, there are some things going on out in the gardens. Uh, first question is from Darcy in Prescott. So she had some deer come through her yard, kind of <laughs> roughed up some aspen and some birch, yeah. caused some damage on the trunks. Uh, wants to know, do you leave it? Do you try to cover it? Uh, what's the best way to handle that? Yeah, so, so that's a natural effect. If you go in the forest, most of the time, uh, especially younger aspens, you're seeing this scarring, this black, uh, uh, basically scars up and down the trunk. And those are deer. And so it's one of two things. Sometimes they'll, they'll peel off the bark and eat it. If there's not a lot for them to eat, they'll eat they'll eat the bark. They're bark eaters or, or branch eaters. So you can do that. Or, and I'm not sure when this happens, but it could easily be now, the uh, bucks will come through and they get this velvet on their antlers and they like to rub it off. And what are they going to use? They're going to rub it off of <laughs> the trees that are around. So they're, they're scratching stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not good for the tree. It can cause death and decay of that one branch. You know, aspens are typically multi-trunked. Right. It can damage that one trunk that comes up. It's pretty easy to recover if that happens. Um, just we, we've got what's called pruning paint. It's like this black tar stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's not toxic for the plant. It's not toxic for you. It's just a it's a it's like a it's a sealer that keeps the insects. It helps the the uh, the the moisture flow up and down the trunk of that tree, and so it kind of creates it, it gets rid of some of that damage. Uh, I would get some of that now. If they keep coming back, that's a problem. Once they come back, they they do it once. They're going to do it again. Um, there they have what we've got tree bark wrap. So mm-hmm. they've got a wrap that goes up around the, the bark. Mm-hmm. It would be wise to maybe put that sealer on there and wrap it. So you're creating this almost a bandage or, or an extra layer of bark and the deer won't, won't mess with that stuff. They don't like it if it's really bad. So we had elk down in Skull Valley. Mm-hmm. They would come in and do the same thing on, let's say big, uh, 
uh, walnuts or different, different fruit trees. There they'd come and rub or eat eat the trees. Uh, mule deals, they'll do the same thing. There we take, uh, of all things, get, now it's getting creative. We take bird netting and there's this one inch square plastic light netting. Wrap it a couple times around the trunk. Just staple gun it. Just staple it right to the trunk. So it's kind of floating there. The trunk was floating inside this netting. That really did stop them coming and eating. They didn't like to mess with it. There's too many other things for them out there. And if you put a deterrent at all, they'll move on to your neighbors. And that's a goal. Get them over to your neighbor's yard, not your yard, eating their plants and messing up their aspens, not yours. So hopefully that helped Darcy a little bit. Sounds like it. All right. Next one is from Tim. He's in Gino. He has about five apple trees on his property. Right on. Yeah. He's struggled with cobbling moth. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, which is a struggle. <laughs> but he wants to know what's the best plan of attack when dealing with cobbling moth? Yeah. So, so we should explain that for folks that don't know what bugs are in fruit. So, if you get a worm, Inside an apple or a pear, that's always a codling moth. It's a cute little moth, maybe maybe a quarter to a third inch long, tiny little thing. She comes and lays her egg inside the flowers. It's just blooming. She'll lay her egg right in there, and the fruit will actually form over top of that egg. And so the fruit actually protects it. Once that happens, there's no recovery. You're going to have a worm inside that egg because it's got it's got all this it's got an apple surrounding it. And she does that on purpose. It keeps praying mantis and ladybugs and the other things, lace wings that eat her eggs. She's doing it strategically. So so the secret is as that fruit, as the apples and pears, specifically for Tim, as your apples and pears um, bloom, as the blossoms start to drop, spray it right then because she's laying an egg right then with dormant oil or, or horticultural oil. Mm-hmm. Probably use the lighter grade oils because right. you don't want to damage your, your fruit, your, your flowers. So horticultural oil will will eliminate that first crop. I would say, first of all, first and foremost, prune, clean, <laughs> spray with horticultural oil. So at least you're starting the season clean. Mm-hmm. You're going to have waves of moths come at you as the flower as the flowers open, but at least you start clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, guaranteed, there's moths that laid eggs inside the bark, the trunk, the branches right now, much less all the other stuff that's there. Mm-hmm. So start. So you always start the entire yard with pruning, get done with that, and then spray it. Typically, the middle to end of February through March, just spray it with, clean everything up with horticultural oil. But then again, specifically because Tim's had problems with his five apple trees, when that when those trees are opening and the petals, it looks like it's snowing almost. Blossoms. Spray it right then. Spray the blossoms right then again, mm-hmm. and that will eliminate that first crop. Now the problem is, <laughs> we have three or four waves where our growing season's so long. Right. We have three or four waves of codling moths, so they make what's called a codling moth trap, and so you set this trap up inside. You hang it from the branches, and. Uh, some, some, you'll read some blogs out there going, oh yeah, put one trap, could, takes care of all your problems. You'll have no more moths. That is not true. Personal experience, it's a monitoring system. So you can see when they're active. So it'll just sit there idle. So it's a square, it's a triangular shaped moth. They, they put a pheromone little stopper in there almost. I don't know what's <laughs> in there, but they're attracted to it. You go in, nothing happened, nothing happened. Like three, four, five weeks later, 
you'll see a couple moths. You come back a couple days later, the thing is filled. Going, oh, that's my cue. Spray it again right then, and you will eliminate that next set of, of moths. So you'll need a coddling moth trap, some horticultural oil sprayed twice before it even sets fruit. So after you're done pruning while it's still dormant, and the second time when it's bloom in full bloom, everything is pollinated and the petals are starting to drop on the blossom, spray it right then, and then monitor it with your coddling moth traps throughout the season. And I would say do that with all your fruit trees. The first two sprays, do it with everything. So prune pr plums, apricots, nectarines, peaches, peaches cherries. cherries, all of them. <laughs> spray with the horticultural oil. It's a, it's a least expensive organic solution to bugs you can get. And it's worth the 20 bucks, whatever it is, to clean up your whole yard. Roses, clean those up. So I went on way too long about coughing moth, but we're out of time. So oh great, gosh. great question, Tim. Yeah. So Kenelisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, AKA the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Hi, Waters with the Plants of the Week and our Roman Beauty Rosemary. This Mediterranean beauty has graceful, arching branches that flow over rock walls, raise beds, or container's edge. A culinary herb often used in potpourri. Rugged, deer-resistive, evergreen, likes crummy soil, drought, and abuse. Now that's my kind of shrub for under $36. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love unusual, healthy herbs, they love to shop. We believe searching Waters plants are better than a Google search at Waters Garden Center. Stress melts away with Waters' finest quality plants curated for a better night's sleep. Imagine a five-star sleep experience waiting for you every night at home. Bask in the comfort of these plants as they absorb harmful chemicals and pollen. Purifying bedroom air, creating your own living oxygen tent, as refreshing as a forest rain. A good night's rest starts at Waters Garden Center. Natural, safe, organic. Waters Garden Center in Prescott, also found on the web at top10houseplants.com. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lang. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So the Garden Center Magazine, I think it, with the Garden Center Association, you know, there's a bunch of retail folks. I think there's 18,000 garden centers most of them are family-owned, virtually all of them, or ESOP, that is employee-owned types of businesses. So it's a small, intimate, we kind of know each other. Well, they took a survey. I think they lined up with Pew or someone, some big survey company, and asked gardeners what they plan on doing this year out in the gardens. And this kind of, I thought it was super interesting. I thought I'd share it with you. So 64%, again, they're talking to homeowners. 64% agreed home means more to me than it did a year ago. I think I'm seeing this with customers here at the garden center here in Prescott. It used to be I was planting at my house. I'm going to travel later. I'm going to go play someplace or take the RV or going out. But it wasn't really 
home. It was, a, it was just an asset, a house. Now it actually means where family gathers. It's where I work. It's where I play. It's where I work out. It's, it means more now. And I think that's what they're saying with this. So home means more to me than it did a year ago. 60% said, I have bigger plans for my home than I did a year ago. They're not just saying gardens. They just included remodeling, repainting. Gardening was part of that, but 60% are planning on going. They have bigger plans. 55% affirmed, I'm more excited about the things I can do to make my home special than I was a year ago. And I think we've all been decorating. I think the, we've repainted. We've done a lot in our house. Decluttered a lot of things. So I can actually park two cars in our garage. So I just, just thinking through because you're there and you're, you're doing stuff. More heat. Bought another heater so I can enjoy the outdoor patio longer. Uh, so I can go into the season further. And so it's just to kind of, I think this is, this is a trend that hopefully our home means more than it did uh, a year ago. Family, gatherings, what's truly important. So we're seeing that. And so you're starting to see the garden center, at least waters, and we're partnering, partnering with quite a few garden centers. So all the northern Arizona garden centers, we know each other. And it's hard for one store to fill up an entire semi-tractor trailer full of trees or shrubs. So if you can share that, hit a farm, get their, whatever they specialize in. Okay, they're fruit trees. Let's all share a fruit tree truck. We'll drop it off at Warner's, but Flagstaff. You could drop by Waters, and it'll go over to Plant Fair over in Payson, and drop over to Christopher's over in the White Mountains, Pine Top Lakeside. And so those, those trucks are rolling, and we've had those. We're starting to fill the garden center up. So we had nothing but our winter mix, mainly evergreens. And it's been a good time to buy evergreens because you can see what they truly look like in middle of winter. But then we were, we were really short on aspens and maples and all those spring bloomers and lilacs and the fruit trees. Well, that is starting to change. And so you can start to plant those. The second the ground is, is workable, you can put them in the ground. Don't feel like, oh, but it's still winter. I can't plant. No, that's, that, those are tropical plants. If you're in the desert, that could be the case. Uh, but here in a four-season climate, we're trying to bring those plants in before they wake up, before the buds swell. While they're still completely asleep, we're bringing, we're filling the garden center up with those deciduous plants. Deciduous means drops its leaves in the fall. It, that's what it means. So it's they're bare. So the trees that don't have foliage on them now, those are deciduous, all of them. And so we try to bring those types of plants in, which would be your fruit trees, your shade trees, your spring blooming trees, uh, many of your summer blooming things, they're all coming in now. And so you can grab and put those in the ground. Ideally, if you can plant them, so when they do wake up the end of February, March, whenever spring starts to hit, they kind of wake up in your landscape and go, whoa, I don't, what, where am I at? What's, what's going on here? I, I don't remember this place. It must be okay because my roots are in the ground. Let's go ahead and grow. And so it just takes off a new growth. You'll get less transplant shock by doing that. The suggestion I can give you this year is because gardening is a big trend, there's lots of new homes. It's not just a few. Like there's twice as many newcomers than we've seen in past years. People are moving around, migrating, changing locations. And moving from the big city, we're seeing quite a few from, from NorCal coming in. 
And they've been there, the Bay Area, for years. And they said, you know what? We were going to retire. We just decided to retire early because as long as we got bandwidth and we could work online, we can retire five years early and live here and still have an income. And, and, and we're seeing that over and over. Well, the demand for the, the landscape materials, plants especially, because it's a living, breathing thing that takes you know, 10 years to grow a big maple tree, it's you had to plan 10 years ago for this. It's not like, oh, we had COVID this year. Well, I wonder if we can put another 100 units into production. No, it takes 10 years. It takes a while. So that stuff, you kind of want to talk to your local garden center in Prescott Valley or in, in Pine Top Lakeside or, or Kingman or wherever you happen to be at here in the Central Highlands. Come to Waters. I'd love to share with you. But know when those rotations, when the crop harvests are, and so you can be kind of first in line, first dibs. So pottery's already here for the spring. Trees are starting to show up now for the spring. And so we'll keep this production going week after week until the until all two plus acres are filled with plants of the gills. Got a lot in store for you. Got uh, Lisa Waterslane coming back in for her garden segment after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Austrian Pine. We have instantaneous trees just in and ready for planting. This pine has the same long needles as our Ponderosa Pine without all the problems. And these trees are really big and bold. This is the fastest growing of the pines and lots of sizes to choose from. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love big, bold pines, they love to shop. My living room feels so empty. Now that the Christmas tree is gone, the house just seems so blah. Brighten it up with a big, bold, beautiful plant from Waters Garden Center. Fill that cavernous space with tall tropicals, colossal cactus, and sizable succulents that bring the great outdoors indoors. Make a gorgeous green space you can enjoy all year, not just for a season. Unique, exclusive, one-of-a-kind houseplants found only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And back in the studios, Lisa Waters Lane. She comes each week, just a garden segment that she sees what's on top of mind for her. So uh, we just share that and depart it throughout northern Arizona and let folks, locals know you can garden. That's right. And, it didn't, and it's not just a guy out there. It's, <laughs> you got a female perspective. You get that softer, pretty feel. Because I'm more, we can kill bugs. Let me show you how. Weeds are bad. Gophers should all die. They're underground rats. Okay, you 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 don't. I can do that. You would not do that. Well, <laughs> that's well I true. wouldn't kill them. But. <laughs> you you strike me as a sticky glue trap no, kind of gal. No, no, no. I hate those things. Those are horrible. <laughs> we won't even go down that path. No. People will change the dial or mm-hmm. tune out. So not go there. What are you going? Are you I see one uh, Linton Rose. So you or... told me because this is a vlog, so some right? people just hear it on the radio, but some people can watch it yeah. as well. You said bring something pretty in that's blooming. I yeah. said, you know it's the end of January, I know. right? <laughs> <laughs> but I am so good. That's, I found something. you did. It's beautiful, and yeah. it's so unusual. So this is a Linton rose, 
uh, otherwise known as a hellebore. Hellebore. So really cool plant here. It's an, actually an evergreen plant. It likes to bloom when it's cold. So it's one of those few plants that's going to bloom in the cooler temperatures. There is no smell. No smell. It's got a big old waxy, the, the leaves, the mm -hmm. foliage, the, the, the flower. It's very waxy, mm -hmm. very thick. Very thick. Huh. That's why it's a winter bloomer. Yeah. <laughs> it needs that protection. Just really pretty. Yeah, not a lot of smell, but just a real cool plant. Likes a shadier spot. Uh, through most of the season. This time yeah. of year, it could take full sun and be fine. Uh, you can grow it in the container. You can grow it in the ground. Uh, but just one of those first things that blooms late winter, early spring, if you just have to have something. Evergreen perennial. Uh -huh. This has got foliage on it year-round in the flower garden. Gets up just above maybe a foot high, something yeah. like that. Foot, foot and a half. Nice mound to it. Mm -hmm. And it will take full sun until like May and June. Right. And then it goes, I don't like the sun. <laughs> Give me some shade. And so, it, but it starts blooming. Mm -hmm. well, it's in bloom now. So yeah. February, March, April, May. Right. It's in bloom. And just a great little evergreen plant. So great little containers, mm -hmm. raised beds, wherever yeah. you, and animals don't eat this. So javelina. Right. Azaleas and right. dendrums, they just don't bother them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we have two colors. This is the darker color, and then we have a lighter lighter pink one as well. But anyways, I fulfilled my role. Thank I brought you, something pretty. <laughs> when did the first crop of, let's say, pansy show up? So we got, so oh, we got the grows. It's getting close. It's yeah. getting close. Kind of just depends on the weather a little bit. Yeah. So as we're a little warmer consistently. I would say by mid-February, yeah. the latest. This is where storms are not our friend. Right. And, and a lot of these are grown in, in uh, let's say, Tucson, something uh, like Fallbrook area uh, of California. Mm -hmm. And these storm, the clouds don't allow they don't let plants <laughs> grow. It's like there's no sunshine. Yeah. So they're in greenhouses or they're out in the yard kind of growing mm -hmm. where it's a little bit warmer, but there's no, there's no sunshine. Right. And they need that to grow, to fill in and to, we don't bring them in until they're ready. So wildflower seeds, super easy to grow. And this is the time to be thinking about putting them out. Um, but it's basically what, four or five steps we're looking at for wildflower seed. True. So basically you're, you're pick your area you want it to go into. You want probably what, at least five, six hours of sun. Yeah. I would say at least six. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Really more sun, there. more flowers. Right. Right. You're going to rake that area. You want it, You don't want a lot of seed or other weeds in there. You want it to be fairly clear because you want that No seed. rocks. <laughs> Get rid of the boulders. Because you want that seed to make soil contact. Right. So if it's laying on top of a weed or other grass, it's not going to do you any good. So you're going to have a relatively clear area. You're going to rake it to what, about one to two inches down? As far as, far as you can go. You can go eight inches. That's the best. Rototill it. But that's usually more work than you need to do for wildflowers. These are wild flowers. They will go on their own. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of raking it up. So there again, so that seed has a place to kind of nestle into. Uh, so when you have your seed, mix it with some mulch. This is super easy because wildflower seed is tiny. Some of it's so feather, it feather light. It Literally, they float. Tiny little things. And if you're just casting it out there, who knows where it's going to end up. So if you take that and mix it in a wheelbarrow or a bucket, mix it with a bag of mulch. Uh, that way, when you when you disperse it, it's going to have weight to it. So it's going to settle into the ground. And then the mulch also acts as kind of a disguise because we don't want to create very expensive bird seed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's laying on the ground and the bird goes, oh, look at that. You Delicious. Know, so we need to kind of 
hide it a little bit. Yeah. And the mulch definitely does that for you. Um, other things that they should add in while they're doing it. So you got your mulch, your wildflower seed. You recommend humic. Yep. Right Anytime that. you get seed, humic acid, humic. It's a it's a chocolate looking fertilizer, right. but it encourages deeper roots, right. so you get better blooms on them. Mm -hmm. So that's excellent to use. Now, do you also recommend using the seven four four? Oh yeah, you got to fertilize them. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, if you want flowers, you have to put. Your ground doesn't have nutrients. I don't know if you dug a hole or looked out. There's no worms. There's nothing good about your soil. Yeah. So you need to add that nutrient into it. And the mm -hmm. 744 all-purpose plant food adds the, the fertilizer ability. It gets you taller flowers, fuller plants, mm -hmm. more buds. Right. The Humec does the same, same thing that the fertilizer does top growth. It does it to the root growth right. underneath. And, and, and then... I don't know. That's about it. So that's that's <laughs> so mulch, food, root and <laughs> watering it. You need to initially water it. Yeah. And then you're just sporadically watering it. Well, this is that. like the best time here because right. uh, you don't have to water. It's like everything is done for you. But if you get a two, three week spell where it's just dry as a bone and the ground looks dusty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You should water. probably keep it moist. Mm -hmm. Keep the flower beds moist because they are seedlings as they come up. If they get dry, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll keel over dead. So if you just yeah. a little bit of care with wildflowers, they start to take way. off. Yeah. It goes right. a long, long ways. A, a trick for some folks, um, take a soaker hose and just run mm -hmm. the soaker hose out along the side of the hill or down mm -hmm. the driveway, or it can even be one that screws on to the yeah. big rubber ones like half regular hose sure. that seeps out water, mm -hmm. put one of those down, pin it down, turn it on where you see wet spots, focus your seed there yeah. and keep the, the wildflowers will go right over top of that mm -hmm. soaker hose. Right. And it's an easy way to maintain that wild patch that, to water infrequently. Right. Right. So we're almost out of time. So I didn't have time to cover the mixes that we carry, but we do carry four different blends. For what are they real quick? Specifically for our area. So there's deer and rabbit resistant, uh, Arizona drought hardy, uh, birds and butterflies, and then a poppy mix, parade of poppies. It's not just orange poppies. <laughs> right. it's, oh, it's red, big mix of poppies. white, yellow, orange, and it's got everything in between. So it's a right. parade, truly a parade of poppies. Mm -hmm. And you can mix those in. Yeah, mix them together, shake and bake them, yeah. spread them out in the yard. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> Great on how to plant wildflowers. You need more about that. Come in and we'll, we'll walk you right through the process here at Waters Gardens. And I'll be right back with this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our McMinn Manzanita. Part of Waters' expanding native selection, this is the big, bold manzanita you find growing throughout Arizona. A local evergreen growing wild with the classic red bark for a styling, drought-hardy landscape. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love lots of native plants, they love to shop. We believe in roses that smell like a rose at Waters Garden Center. As the days get longer and brighter, houseplants can struggle and scorch, but we have the solution. At Waters, we've organized our houseplants from A to Z for the brightest of sunny locations, many even bloom. With experts that know plants and how to make them grow. 
shipments of the freshest houseplants in town have just arrived from A to Z and ready for a bright new home. Waters Garden Center, where people who love bright green houseplants, they love to shop, found in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. If you're tuned into this show, you probably live up in the mountains. That's the name, the Mountain Gardener. So it's higher elevation. It's different. It's not harder. I guess there are some challenges, but you just have to learn how to work with the environment instead of against it. And all of a sudden, your garden success just goes skyrocketing. So there's some tips, and that's why you tune into this. You can get some insider tips, some garden hacks that help you figure this thing out. And once you figure it out, you got it. You just start sharing that with neighbors and friends and family. And that's the beauty of gardening. It's very social. Right now, uh, the mountains of Arizona is one of the famous things we have. We're famous for for our fall color, our pine forests and our wildflowers. In the spring, the wildflowers are spectacular. I guess we're also famous for those spiky southwestern like agaves and yuccas and the prickly pears. We aren't famous for saguaros at the higher elevations. Those are more of a desert thing, but we do have some very beautiful choyas and things like that. But really, it's more the the agaves, but those spring-blooming wildflowers are stunning. And you can have some in your own backyard. It's not very difficult. It's just getting the timing right. You need to put wildflowers down when it's cold, in the winter. You need more freeze, thaw, snow, frost, freeze. It loves that. So those wildflowers need it specifically to scarify or crack the hole open, especially if you want to go California poppies. That's probably the most difficult to grow. If you try to start a California poppy patch by seed in your yard and it's spring, we're not having freeze and thaw, you'll struggle. There, if I'm helping you here at Waters Garden Center, I'll probably tell you, throw those seed in the freezer for a couple days. Pull them out for a day. Put them back in for a day so you're artificially scarifying or opening up or cracking those holes open. So now you can go plant them and they'll germinate for you. So we increase the germination rate. Well, you don't have to do that if you simply work with nature and put it out there in the winter. This is when you plant those. Those are also the the shortcuts I find. And let me tell you the dirty secret in our industry. Many times you'll see wildflowers and they're very inexpensive. And so those are going to be annual flower seeds. That is, it's a wildflower. It's marigolds or something. And, and so you can spread them out there, zinnias, but they won't come back for you. They won't come back from the roots. They have to recede or you won't get any, you, you get one year. It's a one-year wonder. If you're going to take the time to spread wildflowers out in your gardens, you want a better quality perennial wildflower. And you want them to be wild. You want them to be from here, not from this elevation. I mean, ideally, if you can have a, a Sherpa out there and picking the wildflowers from the gardens or on the hillsides and bringing them in and creating a package. And that's what you can put in your yard. So that's perfect. And we've got some seed like that, uh, but those are truly wild and they're perennial. They'll come back every year for you. 
A perennial will come back from its actual root, come back larger than it went to sleep. So it typically hibernates underground. It will come back with a vengeance next spring. And then they also seed. So you get both. You get them to come back from the roots and they reseed. That's what you want. A good, another insider secret is many times, you know, wildflowers, they're like gold. You might as well, they're kind of like the price of gold. They're expensive for a good mix. Uh, sometimes what they'll do is they'll cut, they'll cut it. They'll make it look like it's of more value by adding vermiculite. Vermiculite is a real light, airy additive that typically they add to soil, but sometimes they'll add it to seed. And so it's kind of a way of cheating. It makes a big package look like it's full of wildflower seed, but really it's mainly vermiculite, but not, we don't do that at Waters. I'm just telling you, this is what I see sometimes, especially price conscious stores. You know which box I'm talking about. You'll see a, a wildflower seed there that is, it's, it's, it's all filler, a little bit of annual color. Boy, you could go with, there's so few seed and they're all annuals. It's so cheap that they put a pa- fancy package wrapper around it just to make it look like it has some value. That's not the kind you want to buy and put in your yard. You want a good quality mix. We make our own seed mix here. So we're, we're blending our own wild. We're taking the seed that grows wild here. We've got a Rocky Mountain mix. It's more showy, taller. Probably have to irrigate a little bit. Uh, we've got an Arizona mix. That was the first mix I ever created. It's truly what you see on the side of the road, kind of the wild, truly wild. And we've got a deer and rabbit proof mix because so many homes are going up in the forest where deer and rabbit are just ravaging the gardens. And then we have a butterfly and hummingbird mix and a pure poppy mix. So poppy, California poppy is pretty, but if you can go with orange and white and red and yellow, and we made this mix of different kinds of poppies, they're all California poppies, but there's different genetics that help it come up. When you're spreading your seed, here are some insider tips that really make a difference that I've, I've noticed just over the years really ups your game. One, don't waste your seed. I've had several folks make mistakes. You've got this hillside. They've rip-wrapped it. It's starting to wash away. I need some plants. I'll just throw some seed and it'll come up magically. That is not how seed works. That's how they work in nature. But nature has millions of seed it throws over there, you know, and 1% comes up and it still looks good. You want 100% of your seed to germinate. So now you want to, to rake that ground open to open it up. So I'll take a stiff rake, just rake it and get all the chunks off the top. I just want to open up the earth, get rid of the rocks, the old roots really makes a difference. Then you can spread your seed on top of that. Then you'll usually I'll take my stiff tine rake and just scooch it back and forth over top of that. And that's really all you do. I'll put a bag of mulch over top of that just to keep the birds off because birds will be very, they've got a ferocious appetite right now. They're hungry. There's not as much for them to eat, especially with the snow. They can't get to their normal food that they'll, they'll go after. So they'll be after your seed. The last thing you want to do is spread the world's most expensive bird seed out there. So to put a little layer, maybe quarter inch, half inch, no more than half inch of, of just premium mulch is what we, we use, will keep the birds off, increase the germination rate. A little trick I use too, especially for larger patches, I'll take a bag of... of Water's premium mulch. It's a screen down real tight, and I'll add that. I'll just open it up, dump it into a wheelbarrow, and then I'll add my my wildflower seeds to that mulch, and I'll blend it all together. I'm creating my own hydro mulch, 
And so some of these seeds, like a flax seed, you can barely see. The thing is so tiny. It makes this huge plant, but you can barely see the seed. Some of them are real light and feathery. They just almost blow away. Well, I don't want that. I want to know right where it's going. So if I blend it in a wheelbarrow, my all my seed together, then I can spread that mulch out. Now I can actually see directly where it's going to come up. I can see visually where those garden seed are going to come up. Real easy trick. Takes no more time. It actually helps you get it more evenly spread out throughout the gardens. It's a game changer. It really helps. Two additives I'll put on top of that seed bed when I'm all done. One, um, humic, H-U-M-I-C, humic. Humic is humic acid. Um, it's a granular, but it, what it does, it feeds the soil. So the, when the, that taproot comes in, the, it sees soil that's alive and it goes, whoa, um, oh, this is going to be exciting. I'm going to grow here. It forms a deeper root structure. So it's really, it's not really a food for the plant. It's food for the soil. So your mycorrhizals, your worms, the beneficials start to, to be activated. So the plants react to that and root deeper. Secondly, when it's all, all done, I'll put down a fertilizer. I do want to feed these plants as they come up, but don't use a synthetic fertilizer. Use an organic. And so I spread on top of my, my seed 744 all-purpose plant food. It's a fertilizer put together. Again, I like making, I like the science of, of gardening. We make our own fertilizers. We make our own wildflower seed because it's fun. Uh, but that fertilizer's cottonseed meal, cottonseed meal really activates a plant's girth, size, gets you more foliage, which means more flowers. So scrape the earth, blend up your seed in your wheelbarrow with, a, with your seed, spread that out as evenly as you can. I would take my stiff tine rake and kind of get it as smooth as I can, fertilize it with the 7-4 all-purpose food, and then right after that, at the same time, put the humec down, pray for more snow. You'll have an unbelievable, unbelievable patch of wildflowers this spring. I mean, it'll be glorious. That's how you do wildflowers. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. (laughs) Did you know that plants can help you sleep better naturally? At Waters Garden Center, we have beautiful houseplants that not only look great, they clean the air we breathe. Get this. Some plants can actually produce oxygen at night and even take mold spores out of the air, making for less tossing and turning and more beauty sleep. Don't lose sleep. Rise and shine with unique, gorgeous houseplants for your best rest yet at Waters Garden Center. Sweet dreams. We believe retirement means more time to garden and plants make you happier at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Ken here with the Finds of the Week and our Deodore Cedars. A standalone tree so beautifully shaped it's referred to as the Christmas tree. Fastest growing of the evergreen trees used for quick screens, windbreaks, and privacy. Graceful arches sweep through the landscape in colors of blue to green from the stately tree. An evergreen lover's dream for fast, thick growth. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love majestic evergreens, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So a, 
couple things that you should really be focused on are, are things that Lisa and I, we, we are focused on with the Lane Casa. This is what we do. So we are starting to prune back those perennials, flowers that came up last year. Perennials typically will hibernate underground. So they're still alive at the root level, but they've let the top growth go. Um, it, you you got to mow that stuff back. I mean, down to like ankle height or weed whacker height. They're just, I take a lawnmower, just mow it right over it and I'm done. It's really brutal, easy. You just clean up. You don't want that stuff on there as the new growth starts to emerge. And already you're starting to see like garas and chrysanthemums, you're starting to see those things grow. You can you can get rid of that top growth and the green will not be competing with all that dead material. It'll get more sunlight. You'll get more flowers. It's a lot of good disease gathers and stores bugs, insects, pests, hangout uh, snails I found. You'll get better growth. It's time to do that. I would say you should get all of your perennial gardens pruned down to the ground by the end of February. You know, I don't know, three, four weeks from now. Um, the other one that people let go often is grass. Don't let your grass, those ornamental grasses, they're up there and they're starting to they look kind of beat up. The snows have got on them. They're kind of leaning over. The flower, the plumes are all gone. Prune them back and you're whacking those things. All my shorter ones, if it's hip high or lower and I can get the lawnmower over, I just whack them right off and go, pull them back and we're done. Or I'll shear them down as close as I can to the ground. And that goes for your large grasses as well, like your pampas grass. Pampas grass is that really big grass, the great big plumes. Um, and it looks pretty rough right now. I would say whack that thing, not back to ground level. That's a bit extreme for that really big grass. But you'll see down about knee height, a little bit below knee height, you'll see where that under matting, undergrowth has kind of grown. Take all that top growth from last year, whack it off to that level or, or within knee height, whatever works for you. And just shear it with some, some head shears or, or pruners or something. Fertilize it and you'll get fresh new growth. It'll look like a brand new plant in spring. And so this is the time when you start pruning back your grasses and perennials. It is it's like in the next few days, like next by the end of February, all of that should be done. Generally, I'll leave my grasses up as long as I can because they've got a great form. Yeah, they aren't nice and green or those beautiful blues or the striped zebra grass or very, a lot of color and character to grass. But even when they're, they're, they've died back and hibernated underground, the form, even that straw color is very pretty. So I keep it until the, till the snow just makes them look terrible. But by the first of March or before they start growing, I cut everything back, all my orna ornamental grasses. That going to, that being said, don't prune back bare grass. That's the that's a wild one out in the in the prairies, Prescott Valley, uh, Dewey, Humboldt, all the way to Paulden. There's a, there's a green evergreen grass that's about chest high. Don't prune those. That's different. That's more like a shrub. Uh, yuccas. Don't prune those. Are more like a shrub. We go into a lot of that kind of detail. You know, um, on Saturdays, we have a garden class every Saturday. They're free to local gardeners. They're held at 9.30 here at the garden center, Waters Garden Center. They'll be in the back greenhouse. We crank the heaters up. 
Um, come with a couple layers, but it'll be warm. Um, and then you'll learn about, I think, this weekend's uh, wildflowers. That's the theme. Next week's on soil prep, because you really do need to get the soil prepared for your gardens. That's February 4th. And, and every weekend, it's got an, another class. Take a look at all of those on our website at watersgardencenter.com. They're all right there. They're about an hour long, although last weekend, the class was really engaged. We had like 50 people. There were standing room, uh, but they were just enthralled. It was landscape design, and I was teaching that class. How do you, how many shrubs do you need per fence line to have a fence, to have privacy? How many shade trees should be on a property? There's a balance. There's a formula. 60% of your landscape, your, your plot map should be covered by green foliage. So we went through all of that and uh, let them know what you should, how many plants you need, because it's hard to get the balance right. And so we just helped them with that. So let me make sure I'm okay. Yep, got this. So um, take a look at watersgardencenter.com. Let me see if I can mention the ones through February. February 11th, fruit trees. Uh, it's time to plant fruit trees. We'll have fruit trees. It's time to prune fruit trees. It's time to fertilize fruit trees. Fruit trees. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, uh, the 18th, gardening for newcomers. That one will be standing room only. There's so, probably half the people in a garden class every week is, is brand new to the area from all over the area. And then the very last one, and it goes through April, um, the best evergreen, blooming evergreens of spring. There's a whole series of evergreen shrubs that start to bloom. That goes for raphaeolyptus and azaleas, rhododendrons. We go through all that. It's, it's in depth. Come join us. It's kind of fun to hang out and, I don't know, hang out with other gardeners and learn a few things. So Ken and Lisa Lane, we hang out here at Waters Garden Center throughout the week, and we love talking to fans of the show. If you enjoy this show and would like to hear more, please subscribe to The Mountain Gardener wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you'd like even more garden tips, tricks, and helpful advice, please check out my website at watersgardencenter.com for classes, videos, and more, or my online garden center at top10plants.com. Throughout the week, Lisa and I can be found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Not everyone can grow wildflowers, but we'll make sure you're not one of them. At Waters, we know which wildflowers sprout, thrive, and bloom with success. We're wild about wildflowers with many of our own Arizona blends. Like our Arizona native mix, butterfly and hummingbird mixes, and all are big, bold, and beautiful. At Waters, we know wildflowers, and winter's a season to spread new seed. Waters Garden Center, where people who love their flowers wild, they love to shop for seed. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.